Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor, KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's a reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We are going to do something about it. So let's dig in. Okay, yeah. So um, I started getting into uh, stress um, from the moment I got into my interest in psychology, really, um, which, which started young um, and kind of figuring out like where I want to go um, with within the career of psychology, because that was always my interest. Um, and, you know, psychology in and of itself, it's such a, a huge field. Uh, there's so much variety to it that, um, you know, finding a niche where you want to go with it, there, there's a million options. I mean, there's so many places you can go. So when I was in that path of discovery, um, I was dabbling into different areas and something that I discovered as I'm going into these different areas is one of the common denominators of lots of mental illnesses, as, as we uh, call them, are, uh, is that stress is there, uh, profound stress, um, traumatic stress, especially um, that's involved with a lot of even severe mental disorders. Um, borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia. Um, there's uh, a bunch of different components that are involved, including genetics. But when it comes to uh, the stress response, that's almost like an activator uh, when there's high stress. Um, so it kind of got me thinking like, well, if stress, acute stress is kind of a, a common denominator there with a lot of different conditions, then this is probably something that I should look into a bit more. Um, so as I got into um, my master's program, um, I started learning about that even further. And um, I, you know, had some, some courses with some people who were like real trailblazers in uh, stress and resilience, like George Bonanno. Um, and uh, that stuff fascinated me. So um, going on that mind track, I was you know, kind of like how, how can we start working towards um, monitoring and helping our stress response um, so that we can eventually ultimately like prevent further issues, right? Because um, it's almost like this develops into what can be really bad. Um, and uh, so many different conditions. So uh, continue doing that. And when I was finishing up my, my program, um, that was at Columbia University. And when I started finishing up my program there, I ended up doing my, my integrated project or uh, that's like the Columbia's version of a thesis. Um, I did that on the effects of exercise and post-traumatic stress symptoms. Um, and yeah, it, it was just really a fascinating endeavor, uh, that I took on and, you know, go to find that exercise does in fact help with uh, a lot of different aspects of post-traumatic stress symptoms. Um, mostly those that, uh, you might intuitively think, think about like those that involve like, um, hypervigilance, like, uh, the anxiolytic effects of post-traumatic stress. So, um, it was, it was great to, you know, conclude my studies doing that. And then when I finished, finished up my studies, then, um, I started developing 
like my ideas as to where I want to go um, in regards to working with clientele. And so that's where I, I started doing like a, a mental health consulting service. And then that morphed into where I'm at right now, which is uh, stress generation therapy, um, where I take on uh, the approach of working with my clients to help um, alleviate, reduce, or enervate their stress um, by a variety of means, um, taking into consideration that uh, stress in itself is biological and psychological. Um, so because of that, not just a psychological approach should be taken, but also body approaches because your body is affected as well. Yeah. Can you explain the innervation portion? Cause that, that was, that's what caught my eye, especially with your services. I've, I've heard stress management and those type of techniques. What's the innervation part? Yeah. So innervation is really just a fancy word uh, that means to reduce the uh, impact of. Um, so when you say stress innervation, you're saying you want to reduce the impact of stress that stress has on your life. Um, and stress in itself, as you know, it's pervasive. It's all around us. I mean, we're still within the COVID era and that's probably going to be it forever. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so it's like we need to be able to uh, find ways to deal with it. You know, this, if this is the world we live in, what are we going to do? Just, just fall down and just take it. You know, we have to do something that's proactive in order to, you know, work with our environment, with building resilience. And that's what us as humans, we're, we're capable. I mean, we've proven that time and time again throughout history. We are resilient. We just have to tap into that more, especially a time like now where we're at, at this, this juncture in, in global history uh, where it's that much more important. Uh, so that's, that's what I, I try to, um, to do. Um, that's, that's my mission. That's my goal, uh, with my clients, um, with the word that I try to spread through, you know, social media. Uh, and, uh, that's, that's where I want to continue to go and, and further develop, um, you know, where, where this can go. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people like to blame the pandemic, but stressors have been there before and events, yeah. like you said, it's, it's in our historic nature to be knocked down and, and get up again. So how do we respond to that? And it's interesting. It's all in the stats, actually. Uh, millennials have 54% burnout even before the pandemic. And now they're at 58. So it only rose 4%. <laughs> Uh, which is slightly scary that half the people, you know, that I'm friends with, that I work with are in burnout, but this stuff was here before us. And there's 30 years of research on burnout or more um, that, you know, it's, it's going to be this vicious cycle over and over again until we can figure out how to make the impact a little less rough um, and respond to it. Well, now how most people get in burnout is we don't respond very well, or we don't fix what I call armor, that resiliency armor, when we get sucker punches over and over and over again, which is the important thing, what you're talking about is like exercise and how we're releasing that stress and let it just, instead of just letting it sit on our armor and suffocate us. So what are some like basic tips that a burnout community can do? And it's interesting because we're all exhausted when we're in burnout, but yet movement and exercise could be one of the best things you can do for yourself. So what's some tips that you do with your clients when they're in that type of state to just begin, you know, take that first step. Yeah. So, um, 
first tapping into what you're saying with with burnout let let's be clear as to what it is burnout is a type of stress right um but it's when stress is chronic it's when your your resources are completely tapped out so your the feeling of overwhelm is just you know it's it's first and foremost um and that's what creates the the sensation of burnout so how are we going to handle this yeah when you're burnt out you're emotionally exhausted you're physically exhausted you're just it's like you can't go on anymore so one of the first things that i would encourage would be to first tap into your psychology just start jotting things down because sometimes that in itself is like when you're burnt out you want to vent like you call your friend or and you just want to scream um that in itself is helpful uh to at least uh show that you do in fact have some energy there right you have energy to vent and what's a great way to vent just so happens that exercise is uh so once you realize that yeah you do actually have the psychological capacity to vent um then you can actually physically vent because remember if stress is biological and psychological then it can be handled in both ways so you're first tapping into the psychology aspect of it you know you can talk to a friend and vent and realize that and that's important you need to realize what it is that you're doing because sometimes we just get caught in the momentum we don't even realize what we're doing but when you actually realize um and acknowledge that you're actually using a psychological component in order to vent you are actually expending energy to do that so you do have energy now let's take that energy and put it somewhere where it can be productive right doing exercise and always start small always start small um when you uh you know, a lot of people when they get into fitness programs they want to just jump right into it and that's why you know a lot of right we're, we're in uh february what's today february 8th right so uh, most people who started their fitness goals for the new year probably dropped off around the third fourth week of january right why because they want to just jump into it they want to dive into the deep end right but when it comes to actually building successful habits that's probably the worst thing you can do is you're, you're shocking your body um for some it works um but for most it doesn't um so the best way to do it is a very progressive way um even me in my own fitness journey when i first started i mean i was i was never in the shape that i am right now i mean right now i'm approaching 40 and when i was in my 20s i always enjoyed doing uh fitness things and i just never really paid attention to how i ate things like that but um when i realized how i've gained so much weight i was you know over 220 pounds and when i was at that point then i was like i need to do something like i'm having trouble i'm losing my breath just tying my shoes like when it came to that point i'm like i need to do something you know what i did i just walked i walked walking is probably the most underappreciated form of exercise um and it's the most natural thing i mean you're not going to get it's unlikely that you're going to get injured uh walking so sports injuries are very unlikely um and it's the easiest thing to kind of segue or um uh, grow into a more um intense workout plan because you're getting your mind into it once you get your mind into it then you can start going on from there that's the most important part of sticking to an exercise plan right 
the mindset. And that's something that I've been promoting too now um, with, with SET, uh, stress innovation therapy, is actually establishing that mindset. Because once you can tackle that mindset, you really can do it just about anything that you put your mind to, right? And that's the, the oldest like saying in the book, but it's, we got to actually do it, right? Um, so just starting small into an exercise program, as easy as walking, um, and then increase the uh, distance that you're walking. And so in my own story, I was, um, I was an undergrad actually, and I was, um, I, I, I was within walking distance of Central Park, right, in New York City. So I would just walk super slow in the beginning, right? Eventually, I would start picking up my pace to walk to Central Park, Central Park North. Um, and then eventually, I was like, you know what? I'm going to run one block, one block, and then I'll just walk the rest of the way, right? And then after a week of doing that, I could do two blocks, you know, and then eventually I found myself actually running all the way to Central Park and back, you know, and I was running five miles. And that's something that I haven't done in my life, you know. Um, so I was really proud of myself for actually being able to achieve that. Um, and that as start of my own fitness journey, I and I was also an undergrad student in psychology, uh, like it helped me realize how important like changing up in your mind was to sticking to an exercise plan. Um, and that's what I want to instill in my clients to focus on the mindset to adhere to an exercise plan. So that way they can actually benefit, not just from, you know, I mean, you, you feel great, but it also helps with the response to stress. It does when you're physiologically, biologically, um, strengthened, you're fortifying yourself against the effects of stress. Cause what happens when you're stressed, like your blood pressure rises, your heart rate increases. So you're using all of those things that happen when you're exercising. Right. But exercise is of course a controlled, uh, a controlled measure of stress. Exercise is stress. You are actually stressing yourself. Um, but that's a good type of stress. That's like a you stress. Um, and if it's controlled, if it's within your own, um, capabilities, uh, and limitations, and you're not over exerting yourself to the point where, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, get yourself hurt, um, you know, sports injuries, things like that, or, you know, your heart rate is increasing to too high where you're really starting to feel faint, um, then, you know, as long as you're controlling all those components, then you're controlling your stress response and you're fortifying your body's response to that. So as you experience all the stress that's inevitably going to happen, you are building up, like you're saying, like the armor, right? Um, to ward off the effects of stress. And stress is associated with like, the number one killers uh, here in the U.S. and probably in Canada, right? Heart disease, um, uh, COPD, like lung disease, cancer, uh, like stress is associated with all of those. So if we can help monitor and handle our stress response, then that can help, you know, not just our mental state, but our, our physiological state as well, and maybe live a longer, healthier, fulfilling life. Right. And I mean, it's interesting that 
you paired up um, the biological effects of exercise with it because in all in all the burnout books and research I've done um, to release a stress cycle, you need to exercise and that, and that sweat that 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 vigorous um, blood pressure, um, you know, healthy rays, and then it, it releases. You sweat, you you stop, and you you stretch. Even just stretching, like that's why yoga is so important. Yeah, um, nice. The other two are meditation and positive thinking or journaling. So it's it's interesting that exercise has been in all the books, but we don't we don't like to do it. And I think part of burnout is, like you said, you get in this state where you you state to yourself, "I have no energy. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I can't, I'm so tired. I can't even sleep." And what you don't realize is that vicious cycle will continue unless you break it. And the, the easiest way I'll tell people to break it is that, that walking, that exercising, that just movement, whether it's stretching, whether it's something, because you're breaking that zombie mode cycle of just moping around in this vicious, like exhaustion state and movement actually causes energy. <laughs> so it's like this, this vicious cycle you had to play with, but it was just as easy as walking. And, and even better, I, I talked to a few people and they're coming up in future episodes about walking outside. You know, you, you have all that sensory balance and input and the effects of even when you can take out your music and earbuds, if you live or can hike or take in all that nature impact and, and mother nature exchanges that energy with you and takes away some of that pain. So it's, it's interesting when you put it all together, if I could give a tip to the burnout community is move just and and just like you said small little bits so the interesting thing and we go through this in my burnout program is one reason why we don't do some of these things is these habits don't stick right new year's resolutions they stop um why can't i i was doing so good and i fell off the wagon but it's because we made it so hard our brain doesn't like to think right we have to push it to think so if you make it too hard it's going to kick it out so if you can make it easy as simple as a walk i'm gonna walk to my mailbox i'm gonna walk around the block and then you build it from there, it creates a new routine, which is a habit. Exactly. But if you make it too difficult, I got to buy exercise clothes. I need to get a program. I need to figure out what a pre-workout drink is. Like you, you just do all these things when it's as simple as move one foot in front of the other for 15 minutes and then, then, and then figure out where, what you like to do from there. So make it as easy as possible for the brain to do something and it will become a habit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's the most natural thing we can do walking. You know, um, it's, we're doing it from the time we're anywhere between nine months and 15 months for most, right? So uh, it's the, a great way, especially in the sedentary life that most of us are in right now. Um, I mean, I've been in front of the computer, even with, with teaching, because I also teach. Um, I'm still remote. Uh, so I'm just spending more and more time, you know, sitting down in front of the computer um, being stationary. So having that, and I see you have like a nice stand-up setup over there, which is cool. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And then you over here. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just sitting down, um, you actually can stretch your legs a little bit, but yeah, sitting down for like really long periods of time. That's, that's not really great. That's not how our bodies are supposed to be. Like we are actually engineered biologically to move around, to do stuff. Um, and so when we don't do that, then it's like our bodies kind of rebel against us. 
Uh, and they're like, no, you, you should be doing that, but this is, this is okay. So I'm just going to kind of relax because relaxing is cool too. Um, because I mean, when life, when life would be hard out, out in nature, um, you know, the hunter gathering and all that relaxing is just as important, right? Cause you're expending all this energy on the hunt. Right. Um, and then it's like, all right, now I have to conserve my energy for the next hunt, but that's no longer a thing, right? Right Right now, like everything's like, we just buy stuff. We don't have to go out for the hunt, um, but our body's still not, it's still in that mode rather of the hunt. Like we need to go out and, and do something. Um, so that's why we like, feel so good. Even when, you know, you do yard work over the weekend and people, you go to work on Monday and people are like, oh, what are you doing? You're like, I, I did yard work, but I feel good. And they're like, what you did? Like, there's nothing fun about yard work, but it's the manual labor where you, you did something physical. You got to see it completed just like a walk or just like a small gym routine. And so it's meeting all, it's checking all the boxes of that. Yeah, and, and in a way it's, it's bringing in nature as well. Um, and nature and being in touch with nature is, you know, an important aspect also of just kind of relaxing. We are talking about like going out for a walk, like in nature, um, that's probably one of the best things you can do uh, if you are able to, you know, actually be mindful with your surroundings. So now you're not only are you walking, you can actually incorporate a mindfulness practice into that where you're getting in touch with the smells, the sights, the sounds, um, all the sensations, and you're clearing your head of all the nonsense, right? Try not to think about what's going on at work or, you know, any other dynamic that's stressing you just connect, connect with what's around you. Um, and that's so perfect to do. That's why I love hiking. Like when the weather's nice over here, I'm, I'm hiking. Like I'll, on the weekends, I'm on the hiking trail. It's a perfect way to just unwind, clear your head and really just like here, hear the things in the distance. Like, oh, I hear some water out there somewhere. There must be a waterfall nearby. Uh, maybe you can find that and just watching the water come down. You know, there are so many different ways in which you can be mindful. Um, and I mean, there's a ton of research on mindfulness as well and how that affects um, stress, mindfulness, stress reduction, um, mindfulness-based stress reduction. So there's, there's a, a, a different ways you can twist it, use what works. You know, um, I know a lot of people who are just like, I, I can't do exercise. I can't um, just walk. I would just encourage them. So just walk. Right. Even Most just, people don't. Even just stretching. I mean, I, I couldn't do the stretching in the morning because I felt like I was going to fall back asleep. But the people that do yoga and I mean, actually, a lot of the people that do burnout resources do yoga. I, I haven't been able to like shut my brain off enough to do that yet. But it's just that circulation, right? Movement of any kind. So it doesn't have to be, you know, a hit workout or go to a CrossFit gym or something like that. Just like you said, just get the circulation going. Exactly. And that's the best start really. And if that's as far as you're going to go, that's okay. Cause you're, and you're still moving. You're still getting the blood flowing. You're still raising your heart rate. Like you can, you can raise your heart rate walking. You can, like, if you walk, brisk enough. If there's some Hills, like if it'll, you know, if you're outside and there's a bit more of a challenge with the terrain, um, it's not just like a flat surface. Um, yeah, you're going to get that heartbeat going. You might not even realize it, but it's going to be. And then like 15, 20 minutes, I mean, depending on you and your conditioning, like you'll find yourself sweating a bit. Um, 
And that's what matters, you know, as, as long as you're moving, um, that's the best way to go about it. Right. And besides, yeah. you know, the, the stress components in general, you're doing so much support for your natural hormone or chemical rhythms. Um, what I learned from the holistic doctors that I work with is when you can support your organs through, you know, feeling your body really good, um, doing that mindfulness, you know, just giving some space for your brain to think. And then that exercise, you're going to support the next 24 hours of your hormone rhythm, which helps your mental health. Your, and I, I am hundred percent on board with that. Cause two weeks after going to the gym, I mean, my complete mood changed in the middle of winter in the Midwest. And it was in the negatives while well, everyone else is grumpy that the holidays are done. <laughs> I am like jacked up every morning when I get back from the gym and I was never a morning person, but it's those small little switches you can do to support this rhythm to just um, almost meet its expectations of what it's seeking instead of the poor things that we think it needs and actually seeking something else. Similar to like, sometimes we eat like salty foods and stuff like that. And really, we just need a cup of water. So it's really understanding the body. And I, and I love that you pair up the two because I think they go straight hand in hand. If you, if one is off, the other is off. If this one's off, the other one's off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that it's, I mean, it's being a lot more acknowledged now, which I love. Um, but for the longest time, it was, they were always separate. They were two very distinct fields. Um, but now you're seeing things develop more where, you know, even in, in, uh, in psychology, there's like a health psychology discipline where they're specific into this. Right. Um, but it's, important for, you know, the, the medical community, for the psychological community, for like any, any health community, really any, any community that that's involved with health, um, to realize that the mind and the body work hand in hand, there's no denying that anymore. And that's just becoming more and more apparent. Um, so, if we can take care of our bodies, we're consequently taking care of our minds. If we can take care of our minds, we're consequently taking care of our bodies. Um, and so if you are praising yourself, like tr try to figure out where it is that your shortcomings are. If you feel like your body isn't where it should be, maybe that's something that you can work on and you'll see how the benefits would improve your, your mind. If you feel like you're, your mind is somewhere where you're, you don't feel like you should be, then how can you work on that um, and see how that affects your, your body as well, right? Because when you're um, like depressed or stressed, I mean, stress eating, right? That's probably one of the, the most common things that people do. Uh, I'm stressed. I just broke up with someone. I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream or, you know, work has been killing me. Let me just get this really savory meal. Uh, at least I have that. Um, that's, that's just um, negative momentum that that's getting built on at that point. So, uh, you know, as your, your mind is somehow rationalizing, not taking care of your body, then your body is going to say, I still feel like garbage. Um, because, you know, everything that you're intaking, um, and you might not doing any, do anything like I'm stressed. I'm just going to sit down and just binge on Netflix for eight hours. Um, and listen, every once in a while doing that is completely okay. Like we all need time to, you know, Netflix and show. Right. But 
you know, when you're doing this chronically, that's when it becomes a problem. That's when you have to kind of appraise yourself and say, all right, what's going on? What are the underlying factors? Why am I doing this? Um, and, you know, talking to kind of hash things out. Sometimes you just need a soundboard, right? Um, to kind of help you figure out like what it is that's, that's going on in my life and how did I get to this point? Um, and, you know, work from there. Mm -hmm. So what can you offer the burnout community, especially because, I mean, just even the few tips you gave during this episode was amazing, especially that energy statement that if we have energy to be angry and vent and things like that, we do have energy to walk. So it's almost like we, we sabotaged ourselves, right, in, the, in our own mindset. So what type of services can you offer the burnout community um, to kind of help them work through their recovery? Yeah, so um, within my own project, Stress Innovation Therapy, um, what I do is I, I work through the different facets of creating mindset that would foster stress resilience, right? Um, so my, my services include talk sessions where, like I was just mentioning, if you need a soundboard to kind of figure out how it is that things kind of got out of control um, and helping to utilize and bring out like ideas as to how you can build up that resilience and everybody's, you know, in a different place. So us working together, uh, figuring out where you're at and how we can start building on this. Um, I'll do that through, through talk sessions. I also do offer, I'm also a certified personal trainer. So I do offer exercise programs and personal training one-on-one. -on -one. Um, this is all done virtually. Um, if, you know, anybody needs, uh, more information. I do have a website, stressinnovationtherapy.com. Um, can look a bit more into that. Um, and basically though, all I'm doing is working on mind body techniques in order to foster stress resilience, stress innovation. Um, and uh, I do, I, I've, I've had some, I mean, I'm, I have my master's in psychology, but I've also um, done some work with uh, the Beck Institute of Cognitive Therapy, Cognitive Behavior Therapy. Um, so I do actually incorporate some CBT techniques to help actually develop mindset. Because um, when it comes to what we're talking about here, it's, it's behavior change, right? We're talking about creating a mindset that would foster a behavior change. Um, so I do incorporate some of those techniques as well um, to, to help my clients. Yeah. And I mean, these, uh, what, what's awesome about the personal trainer piece that I don't think people understand unless they've had a personal trainer is they don't understand anything you're going through. So the fact that you're not up to their expectations during the workout, or they just slap you in the same workout that they do for everyone else is why people quit, right? It's not yes. it fit in their lifestyle. They take them zero to 65. And so the, the psychological piece that you understand and have studied in is so important because that's how things stick and that's how it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. So, um, something that I actually just started doing, um, cause I've been putting things together and, uh, something I just started doing with clients is something called set training, um, where I incorporate the cognitive, uh, behavioral approach to the exercise. So anybody who's interested in actually developing the mindset to adhere to an exercise plan, um, you know, I'll actually work with them through an exercise plan, but it'll only be for about a half an hour. And then 
the other half of this, the hour, cause it'll be an hour session. The other half of that will actually be like going through like a cognitive behavioral talk pattern that would help with sticking to those, um, those exercise, those the exercise behavior. Yeah. You and know? those are so, powerful. They, I mean, I, I am not a morning person, even small, I have three small kids. We've been up at like five 30 for the last six years. And I still say, I'm not a morning person. I don't like people, you know, pulling on me. I don't like people requesting things. I love you, mama. I just don't want to hear it. I'm not a morning person, but then I knew I could really support myself. If I worked on the morning, that was really the only time I could find. And so I had to work on the mindset work. And the, the moment I started going to the gym, I realized I've been telling myself in my head that I'm not a morning person, even though I've been waking up in the morning, doing a million things at five 30 for six years. So our mind can either be an amigo or an enemy because it can either push you forward or it's going to hold you back in the same like vicious rhythms that you're telling yourself in your head. So I love that mindset work because, and this is why third-party services are so important because really that's the only people that can really get you out of your head, right? They ask the right questions and kind of see those patterns that we don't see because we live in it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you bring out a great point where I, I also was, uh, had that idea that I was not a morning person. I always considered myself a night owl and then kids changed that for me as well. <laughs> and then I found myself up at the crack of dawn. I'm like, what is going on? I'm not a morning person. And then now I'm kind of at this point where I'm just, I'm just a person person. Like I'm like, I, I have to, I've shown that I am capable uh, it took me some time to realize that, but I am actually capable of doing things in the morning um, as I am capable of doing things in the evening. You know, everyone has their, um, like once you challenge yourself, I mean, in that case, you know, as a parent, you're kind of forced to be challenged. Like you're not putting on yourself. Your kid is kind of putting on their kids or putting that on you. Um, but embrace that challenge. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Like you can't explain to, uh, you know, a toddler, like I'm not a morning person. This isn't happening. You know, that, that's that's not really how it works. So uh, it's really our responsibility as a parent to adjust our mindset. Otherwise, there's going to be some huge problems. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then you just find yourself miserable. So. Um, so, yeah, it, adaptation, adjusting, it can hugely affect how we take in stress. Right. And how we're affected by stress. So just by changing that mindset, like, you know what? I'm going to do this, you know, I'm up at five 30. I got to do what I got to do. Um, and tackling that, um, that in itself, um, is preparing you to handle this, your stressors better. It's like, if you're going into traffic and you already have in your mind, like I'm going to get into traffic, it's not going to affect you as much as you just get hit with traffic, you know? And you're just like, Oh man, I have this deadline. But if you already know, like, this is the morning commute, it's going to take me an hour and a half to get through this, you know, try and prepare yourself, put it in your head that this is what you're going to deal with. Then you find that that hour and a half traffic jam that you're in to get into your morning and through your morning commute is way different than I hate this. And, you know, why do I have to deal with this any, every morning? And then by the time you actually get into work, you are already so tense that the people around you are probably just seeing it coming out of your pores. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people, I, I always say like, if, if you know, it's going to happen, you know, do the preventative stuff, you know, line up podcasts, get the music going, book on tape. And you, like you said, there's, the world is actually fairly predictable. 
um, especially because there's patterns. So the more you know and you can recognize that, the more you can do this, this these stress management techniques. I love that. So you cannot recover from burnout with prescriptions, procedures, or surgery. Come join a holistic community that specializes in burnout to begin your recovery. Each month for only $10, get a specialist lecture, worksheets, and action planning delivered right to your email. Take it from a burnout survivor when I say, your recovery begins with just one action step. Burnout is a confusing and lonely journey. I want you to know you're not alone. I hope to see you here again for more recovery tips and education. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your family and friends. If no one shared the word burnout with me, I don't know where I would be today.